We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I do apologize. I think we're starting a few minutes late today. I had to take care of a little bit of business here, but I've got a special guest in the studio with me. You know, it's always a pleasure for me to have a guest with me. i got the safest man in town. Ain't nothing safe about this man. Don't go across his face. You might get hurt. Kwame Lasseter, former safety for the Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Rams, San Diego Chargers, the NFL, period. <laughs> Kwame always did his thing when he was out there. Now he's doing it here, Voice America Sports, live every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, which makes that about 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you take a look at Kwame. Uh, you want to know what matters to me? You know what matters to me. If you, you watched some games last week, you know what happened. <laughs> the Browns got it done. Yeah, that's right. The Browns got it done. The Eagles got it done. So I'm happy. My man Mike Vick, you know, Mike... Oh, Mike is a little tender there, Kwame. That's, that's, that's a Virginia man, so let me just start off right there. That, what, it matters to me that the Eagles and the Browns won, of course, and I think the Arizona Cardinals got it done, too. But let me ask you something. Mike Vick, man, really, Mike, I mean, I, I think Mike is, Mike is an indicator of what can happen when you have a quarterback that, who runs. Obviously, Mike is running to, to try to help his team, but each time that he runs, he puts himself in danger particularly in, in today's game, um, where, where quarterbacks, people are, are trying to certainly take them out. Quarterbacks back in the day, it was about a sack. They didn't even, they, they ran very few times. But, right. but Mike, you know, the, the, the statistics show that the more times you run the ball, the greater the chance of you to get injured. And Mike does run the ball a lot. But we want him to be the quarterback. That's Mike as a quarterback, period. So is it, is, you think it's is that, you know, some people are prone to injuries? Is it that Mike is just prone to injuries? You, you think he's taking too many shots that he doesn't need to take? Or you think it's just hey, it's just football? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Always always a pleasure to be here. Man, my pleasure. I'll yeah. tell you this. He is He's in an offense where he's more susceptible to get hit. We could talk last year where he had no offensive line. When Mike Vick in an Arizona Cardinals game got sacked, I want to believe. I want to say five to seven times, and very few people acknowledge that. That's yeah. right. Last year, three of the starters, are, you know, on the line were out last yeah. year. So he he got sacked more times in one game than most quarterbacks get sacked in half in the beginning of a season and the first eight games of a football season. I said on my show today out loud, I'm tired of Michael Vick being injured, um, and and. And I, and I say that at the same time. The next thing I say was, well, he's from Virginia. I, I don't know what's going on. 
I don't know why Mike. It's the same way he played when he was at Warwick High School in Newport News, Virginia. Same way he played at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. Same way he played in Atlanta. Mike Vick is one of those dynamic quarterbacks that he's he excites with his leg. He does have a strong arm. His accuracy has improved, but he excites with his leg. And then when you have Chip Kelly comes in with this type of offense, that that furthermore promotes him to run the football, uh, give him more options in the spread offense. Give the ball to Shady. Give the ball to your running back, who's one of the best running backs in the game. Uh, has great vision, great great instinct. Uh, can make things happen when he has the ball in his hand. Mike Vick shouldn't have to run as much. If you look at all. I can't compare him to the quarterbacks that's in the pocket. But this is a hamstring injury. This time, it's 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 not. A, a, I want to say as a result of him being, you know, making contact with another player. Right. This this is a this is a muscle injury. You see those injuries when a lot of guys who have a lot of quickness and a lot of speed. They have hamstring injuries. Uh, I want to say at the same time, you can't sit out two years. Now this was three years ago when he this this 2010 when he came back into the league. Uh, you just can't sit out three years. It takes a toll on you. But I'm I'm not making any excuses for Michael Vick because it's three years later down the road where you have to stay healthy. So would you – okay, so – He's only played is one. There a, is there a controversy in Philadelphia as it relates so. to the position? Is, it, is the position Mike's to lose or is it the position – you know, because normally if you get injured – you don't lose your position. You're not supposed to lose you're your position to your injury. But if somebody gets in and they balling, it's hard for what, what, that's a decision that the coach has to make. Philadelphia is a uh, instant gratification place where you we want to win now, we want to win right now, not tomorrow. Um, I don't have time to be waiting on somebody to be groomed. Uh, Nick Foles came in, he did his job. He came and did his job under different circumstances. You know, they were playing the New York Giants. New York Giants is a good 0-5 team. They still have the mentality. And here's where the Giants organization, uh, management, owners, this is, they've been waiting for something like this. They've been waiting for a reason to fire Tom Coughlin. Now, with, the, with the, the quarterback position, quarterback job in Philadelphia, it is Mike Vick's job to lose, but you cannot help your team win when you're always on the training table. And I agree with you, but let me ask you this. You, you mentioned something about the New York Giants and Tom Coughlin. He's won two Super Bowls He's for won them. Two, but they, why, they, are, why are they trying to fire him? I, I think he missed the playoffs, but maybe one or two years. I'm maybe. a Tom Coughlin fan because I like his discipline. So why are they? Why would they want to find reason to get rid of Tom Coughlin? They've been looking for a reason to fire this guy, and he and what he does, he come back and they play well in the second half of the season. But in the second half of the season, they were never zero and five at this point. They were ne- they didn't lose five straight games. This is unlike a New York Giants football team. What I like about Tom Coughlin is, is he's he's one of those strict, disciplined coaches that will listen to the players and find a way to accommodate everybody on that team, not just the quarterback position, not that the way we practice. You got some veteran and some veteran leadership over there where they can say, well, we practice in this way. We don't want to practice a certain way where we're losing games. They still want that work. But I thought, I've thought for about four or five years that the ownership – was trying to get rid of Tom Coughlin, yeah, and, and it, all he did was win. It, it, it was made public. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was made public. In, in New York, it, it's not hard to hide. Right. You know, once it's out there, the world will know about it. And they were at a point where they were considering. And one year, I remember strongly, they were considering he won the Super Bowl. Right. But one thing about Tom Coughlin that I'm familiar with, and I'm going back in time, obviously, is, is Tom Coughlin is a student of the game, and he's, he's, he's not a former player. Yeah, so he's a coach that is a student of the game, and he's a teaching coach. And so Tom, like he said, he's not making any excuses for what's happening with his New York Giants. 
you know, he, he just so happens to be in a position right now where we saw one of his big ball players last night, although on the losing side of things, uh, you know, was making sacks for somebody else instead of, of the Giants. Yes. So Giants are missing a lot of their, their playmakers. You know, Eli is making some mistakes. I think because of the fact that some of the playmakers are not making plays, then Eli's trying to make more plays than he normally would have to make. He's overcompensating. And as a starting quarterback, as a as a Eli who has two Super Bowls. Exactly. You don't have to go do that extra mile. People who do that, they call him Tony Romo. You're trying to do extra. Use the help you have around you. Those guys, you have some good talent around you. Use those guys to help you win football games. When you take ownership and put it on yourself, then you're doing too much. Because this is a professional sport. And we like to think that everybody on that field, all living guys, should be able to hold their own in that in, in their field, their chosen field, sport and position. And I, I think that that was that's something major in terms of you know the football IQ that Eli has. Eli knows the game very well. He too is a student of the game, yeah. and because of that, he had been using the tools around him very effectively. But but I think the tools around him—I mean, guys are dropping balls, no they're fumbling ball, no running exactly. So he he's kind of caught in a position now where he's almost forced to do some things that are that are not natural for him to do. He normally tries to scramble to make a play downfield. But he's not even really getting a chance to make plays downfield with his receivers. It, it is tough when you don't have a running game, and, and their predicate, their offense is predicated on pounding the ball first. And Eli, being cerebral as he, as you mentioned, uh, he knows the game. He knows where to put these guys in position. He knows how to get set up defenses. Uh, you don't just win Super Bowl two Super Bowls because you're just an average quarterback. Now we I know some quarterbacks uh, that has a Super Bowl had nothing to do with them. Uh, we can look at the uh, I want to say '95. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, uh, I think it was the Baltimore Ravens, where they had a, a quarterback, he was just there. That defense got him to the Super Bowl, that defense won the Super Bowl for him. Eli knows what he's doing, he knows how to, it, it's, more, it's more so a compensating for what you don't have. They don't have a running game, so you can't set up play action, nobody's going to buy, in, buy into this. These guys are professional on the other side of the football, they watch film, they, you gonna have to beat me with the run. You got to show me you have a running game before I start honoring it. You know, it, it's such uh, an interesting point that what you just said was was proven by Eli's big brother. And and the other day we got a chance to see Peyton probably go around the corner at about you know two miles an hour <laughs> because that's as fast as he could go. But it was a play action. He kept the ball and ran around on sweep because they have a running game in Denver that they had to respect. You have to honor that. And 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 when you have and that just goes to show for anybody out there that doesn't really understand, you just go back and look at the highlight when when Peyton scored. A, I think it was he a one yard. Into, walked he walked. I mean, it, it was so obvious that. Every the camera people were fooled. They actually thought he had given to Mershon and, and Mershon was going to touchdown and, and and here's Peyton just slowly at a turtle's pace just going around the, the corner. Court. And it's because you have a running game when you don't have it. Even now, and I, and this is why I'm glad you're on the show with me, Dave Kwame, because you know, we continue to see these games and you know, quarterbacks are piling up passing yardage like we've never seen before. You know, it was almost like a thousand yards passing in one single game. Now, is is this the game that the NFL tried? Is it is it a result of the game becoming too physical, which you got to take some responsibility for it? Okay, I accept yeah. some of that blame too. But is it 
Is it because the game became too physical that it was forced to turn it into a passing game and then a passing game where people are protected? Because you weren't on the show last week with me, but I a couple of weeks ago, but I certainly talked about it uh, when Jay Cutler, you know, was so, uh, you know, I, I think he was demonstrous with his, uh, you know, he ran somebody over and then he was going to brag about it a little yeah. bit. Whereas uh, the safety's in a position where I, a I don't know. I, me too. Because, I listen, man, you're protected, so I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to hit you or you're going to slide. So right. I'm not really coming at you like if you were running back, I'm going to try to take you out. Right. But it's a game that we're seeing today a result of the fact that this is the kind of game that they want. They, they, they want a passing game. You know, not 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 a lot of running in the game, and and not a lot of physical contact. The type that you just to deliver to to receivers on the football field. The NFL has been been prepping for this game for years to come. Well, let's go back to Lester Hayes when you couldn't touch the guys anymore. You had to jam them. You couldn't touch them at the five yards. That was a start right there. We thought that was crazy. Oh, I'm I'm backpedaling. This guy's running full speed in his normal everyday life. And and and, and a world class sprinter. World class sprinter. So I gotta do this backpedaling. Now there's a craft to backpedaling now where guys are able to do these things. But the NFL and their preparation ahead into what the football is now today, and they're not done. In five years, we're not gonna recognize the game. But you can't touch about the five yards. You can't you can't arm wrestle with them while the ball is in the air. I think once that ball is in the air in the air, Everybody is entitled to that. Running backs are dime a dozen now. Running backs used to be, it used to be a premium on running back. If I had a guy in college that could come out, I knew I can pound the ball with this guy. If I can get him out of college, now you got to have two and three running backs. And not only do you have two or three, let me ask you, I mean, we're from a generation, we've seen some great running backs. Do you really think there are any Hall of Fame running backs that are playing in the National Football League now other than all no, day. no. AP, AP, I got it. Because he runs the ball. Now, all these running backs we talking about that we see on Sundays, well, because of the money thing, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, <laughs> all these running backs we see are coming out the backfield with swing pads and we're dumping them off. Or they come underneath the uh, defensive line, right behind the defensive line, and we're dumping the ball off. Okay, you got music, so that means we got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We playing it safe today. Got my man with me, Kwame Lasseter. Former safety for the Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Rams, and San Diego Chargers. <laughs> University of Kansas in the house. We'll Our be right chalk. back. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. It matters that I got in the studio with today, with me today. My man, ain't nothing safe about it at all. Playing that position of safety in the National Football League changed the game. Got to understand the fact that hey, they told us to do it, so we had to do it. So I got Kwame Lasseter with me. And I understand we got Chef Julian on the phone with us. What's cooking out there in the state of Ohio, there, Chef Julian? Uh, nothing much. Uh... A lot of happy fans with the Buckeyes and the Browns this week. Well, I'm, uh, I'm one of them happy and, uh, fans. I'm out here on the West Coast, and I'm one of them happy fans. Hey, but it was uh, close in our uh, Buckeye country now. Was it close? Yeah, it, actually, it was uh, Northwestern. Well, you know, North. Listen, I, let me just say this, Chef Julian. I, I said in the studio last week, I said it has gotten to the point now uh, where we're going to have to start to recognize we're going to have to start recognizing Northwestern, and no disrespect to them. It just used to be a time when Northwestern was not a team of which you could expect them to give Ohio State a run for their money. But in this particular case, they did. But, uh, again, the Buckeyes prevailed, and regardless of what's said and done at the end, as long as you get a W instead of L, I'm sure a lot of fans back there would be happy. So was it? Uh, you're telling me a lot of people are happy back there in the state of Ohio. Yeah, we're just happy that we came out with a win because that was a tough game. And I've been telling everybody that Pat Fitzgerald isn't a coach you could, you should sleep on. He's a great coach as a uh, coach in Northwestern. And uh, there's uh, always been that question of who can uh, challenge the Buckeyes. Like, there's always been, like, you had Wisconsin out of nowhere when uh, when they were number one in the nation. They beat them. And then you had another – then you had Michigan a few – a few seasons ago when they were uh, on that bowl ban. But uh, throughout the whole Big Ten, there was, like, there was the one question, like, what team would challenge the Buckeyes? And we've been challenged these last two weeks. Well, one thing about it, you mentioned about who's going to challenge the Buckeyes. You always want to be that one that, that has that, uh, you know, that target on your back that people are trying to beat you. But that what that does is that, in my opinion, that makes you prepared, and you should be prepared, knowing that everybody is putting you on their schedule, 
with the bull's eye on it, knowing that of all the games that they play, when they play you, they're going to put some extra time in. So you shouldn't take anybody for granted when you're the one with that target on your back. And I'm sure Kwame feels the same thing, you know, whenever you're that team that everybody's out to get, regardless of who in your conference, they always looking for an upset. That team, that player, when, you, when you're when that outstanding, if I can get off on this receiver, I know everybody came to watch the receiver. So I'm going to get off on him as a defensive back, and I'm going to get my shine off that spotlight. When you got a team at – Ohio State has, when you got those top recruits that come in year in and year out, yeah, I'm looking to, and, and I didn't get recruited at Ohio State, I'm looking to dominate Ohio State and them being number one. I also say that the coach is a snake anyway. I don't, I'm not a fan of the coach, uh, but the team is playing great. They haven't lost a game in two years. They look like the team to be uh, in the national championship. Florida, Ohio State mm-hmm. against Alabama. Alabama will be that team uh, at, the, at the day. They will probably play for the national championship. You, I don't want to discount. I don't want to discount Oregon. You don't. You don't think that Johnny Football might work his way back into the picture some way somehow? He not gonna work his way back in, but the the powers that be will work him back into the uh, system. Well, you know, I don't want to say it like that, but I know exactly how you felt about that. So I, I thought I would throw that out there. Let me ask Chef Julie about was, that. The uh, coach was the coach real quick. The coach was at the uh, Hamilton Chandler game. Uh, that we talk about. He was at the Hamilton Chilling game looking at recruits. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, oh, he, well, was yeah. Down, he was a- down a- here. Arizona's a place where you can find some talent. At. Let, me add, let me come back to you, Chef Julian, in terms of, uh, you know, that, that, that national championship, you know, game of which uh, the Buckeyes are hoping to find themselves in that game. Uh, Alabama or, you know, Johnny Football and his boys going to be there with the Buckeyes if the Buckeyes make it? What do you think? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Alabama is going to go undefeated. Uh, unless, they're number one, unless, so if they're number one, they stay there. they got to be in the game. And here's, the, here's the deal, too, also, real quick, Chef. They're number one right now. If they stay number one all the way down to the last three games and they lose one, they're going to keep them at between one and three and hope somebody else lose to put them right back in it. Same thing that happened last year. So Alabama will be there. So, who, yeah. so Chef Julian, if Alabama's there, then Buckeyes or Johnny Football, you think? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if, if Clemson and Oregon, if Oregon can beat Stanford and get past Stanford and Washington this uh, weekend, if they can get through those teams, I I could consider them being in the picture. But if Clemson uh, can get more wins and keep get, staying in the picture, they might just overlap Oregon. Well, I don't think – here's the thing about it. I don't think that Oregon's going to run the table. And – Clemson, Alabama National Championship or Alabama, Ohio State National Championship? I mean, really, let's think about it like that because that's what it's, it's all about money. We, we know it's all about money. You know, you got Ohio State University with the largest alumni population across the country. You know, the, the, the viewership whenever they're on TV is off the charts. Uh, it, it's about revenue, and, and they can find a way to, you know, somehow manipulate the polls to get who they want. Well, it's, you, it's the BCS. You, you make a good point. Uh, it's all about the money. You remember the year that uh, Notre Dame went 5-6 and six or 6-6? Six and six? There's no way they should have been in a bowl, in a bowl game. game. There's no way they should have been there, but their fans travel, so they generate so much revenue just on the travel alone and what they bring into a city or wherever that bowl game is. Notre Dame shouldn't have been there, but when you can generate Still hundreds of thousand dollars for one game of a season. It, that's when you find a way. That's when the powers to be. That's when the politics come into play. Unfortunately, it, it does. You know, it doesn't weigh heavily or favorable for other kids who put their work in. And it might be seven and it, it might be deserving. Yeah. that's exactly right. Hey, Chef Julian, let me ask you another question. I I, I was watching the ball game myself, and I saw there was mm, a little concern 
that perhaps maybe we might want to make a switch at quarterback. Did, how did you feel when you were watching the game? Did you think that they, Braxton Miller might have been pulled for a second, or did you think they were going to ride him out the whole entire game? You know, Urban, they did ask Urban Meyer that. He said he was thinking about doing it, and I would feel the same way if I was Urban Meyer. I would think about doing it, but at the same time, I would say, I would think, like, what would that say about me, about Braxton Miller being my starting quarterback? Would that would people start thinking like, wait, are you should Kenny Guyton be the starting quarterback or yeah, stuff like that? I don't, I didn't want, I wouldn't want my players to be uncertain about their starting job. That's a good point. I'm at Kwame now. Let me ask you something because I have a different take on this thing. I have a different take on, but I'm gonna let you answer that first, Kwame. If you were Braxton Miller and and you were playing this game, mm-hmm. Braxton made a couple plays that were a little questionable. Uh, cost his team some field position and cost them some points. Um, perhaps maybe put them in a position where they could possibly lose a football game. You got another quarterback on here who's, when you've been out, has been playing anytime you've been out. Kind of a Michael Vick kind of thing. Same kind of right. situation. Folk comes in, you know, blows the house up. You got that kind of thing in the back of your mind you thinking about. As a coach, what do you do? Are you going to make that decision that, Hey guys, I want you guys to understand that I I might switch quarterbacks, or you gonna you gonna ride out your starter, Braxton Miller. We know collegiate football is, is all is all business. Um, I don't want to change the mindset of my players. I, I, I'm a, I'm I'm agree with Chef Julian. I agree with that, in a sense that I'm glad he made these mistakes in the big game. Ohio State's gonna always be in big games, even with that bullseye on their back. They're always gonna be in big games. It's good to see him make these mistakes in big games because down the road when it's national championship time, I can go with him because I know he can bounce back from them. If I take him out thinking Northwestern's going to beat us, he's never going to have that confidence to, to play how he plays, to let it go. Uh, let's say he's playing down the road in the Michigan game um, and he makes a mistake. Now he's thinking about, am I going to get taken out? Now he's not playing with the same confidence level that he would go into any other game. Uh, so I, I'll leave a man and I'll leave the... Um, I keep the mindset and, and the uh, focus around with the rest of the team. I keep them in a healthy mind state that this guy can pull it off. And at the end of the day, he'll be able to make a play here and there. He is our quarterback. This is what we're rolling with to the end. I, I, I like the way both you, you know, set that up, the way you explained your position. Mm-hmm. I have somewhat of a different position, although I don't know if I would ever do it, but I'm just wondering why. You know, and my position is this. I look at it like baseball. And, you know, why is it that a starting pitcher can go in and he can pitch the entire – if he's got – if he's riding a no-hitter, they're going to let him, you know, ride it out. Ride it out. If, if he's not if, – if, if the no-hitter's not in jeopardy or, if it is, you know, it's no longer an issue but they're winning, then they're going to bring in a relief pitcher. I don't understand, and, and I would think that that doesn't happen in, in all sports, but I sometimes I look at why can't a quarterback be something similar to – a relief pitcher, you know, and that is that if you happen to, sometimes you have a bad day at the office. Now, you know, as defensive backs, we can't never have a bad day at the office. But but I'm just thinking, let's let a quarterback have a bad day at the office. What, what's wrong with a quarterback and, and another quarterback going in? Or, it, it, I, I don't know. Let's go back to the Michael uh, Vick syndrome. If a quarterback in college level, even professional level, we're talking about Ohio State, if he's having a bad day, Mentally and talent-wise, his ego is going to try to do so much more to compensate for that bad day he's having. Maybe he's not a bad day throwing, so he's going to try to run. I'm going to get my quarterback hurt. As a professional baseball or maybe collegiate baseball, if a pitcher 
is having a bad day, I can pull him out and let him fight another day. If my quarterback gets hurt, that messes my entire season up. That and, messes my entire season. And so up you pull. might, so you, so you saying you might think about pulling your quarterback sometime? Okay, let's say, let's say this. Not, in, not, not if he make up some mistakes. I'm gonna let him ride it out, see how he respond to it. Because you know, there's times, there could be times when a quarterback is playing a game and you guys are getting blown out. Mm-hmm. You take that quarterback out, Matt Schaub, and you put somebody else. Well, they should have. Yeah, and put somebody else in there and give them a chance to just finish the game. If they do good or or bad. The other guy is not – you're going back with your starter. But the other guy comes back under different circumstances. He has nothing to lose, nothing to gain. But he can show that – he has a little bit to gain. He can show that he can play, but he's playing under different circumstances. Right. Now, I'm the taking, game is out of hand. The game is out of hand. You're yeah. just in – and we know we yeah. put you in because the game is out of hand. Right. You're not challenging the guy for the starting position. Right. Now, if I'm winning the football game and my quarterback is – or oh, it's a close and tight game and my quarterback is having some issues, I, I got to roll with him. I can't pull him out because I don't want him – I don't want my Psyche. starting quarterback – yeah, I don't like want him it's like it mixed up, and I, I and that's the part because you're talking about a program who's always going to play in big games. Yeah, and, that, and that's that, that's the part, Kwame, that I never understood because corners we don't have that a corner thing. psyche, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get beat sometime. That's okay, but you're gonna come, but you ain't gonna beat me consistently. No. So no, let the no. uh, chef Julian, let, let's move on a little bit. Let, let's move down the road. I think it's a little bit up north from you, about 60 miles. I understand that the Cleveland Browns had a great game. You know, anything's possible. It looks like they, you know sitting there somewhere near the top of the division. Uh, is this something that we, we can feel good about? Is this a temporary situation? Or are you feeling good about the Browns riding them out the rest of the season? Um, I kind of feel good about them uh, defensively. Offensively, eh, I, I'm not sure. We got a, we got an okay passing game on a good day. and uh, But we got a, an okay running game on a good day too. But our defense has always been top ten for the last two or three years. Um, but yeah, when it comes to getting points, I don't know. When it comes to stopping people from getting points, I'm I'm okay with that. If we have the lead in the last and it's the last drive, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. But if we have to get a game-winning drive out of one of our quarterbacks, I'm that's where I get kind of touchy. Okay, the Browns historically have been known as a couple of times that I remember in particular that stick out with the Browns, and and I'm gonna say one time of 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 this. Period. It was a heavy focus on the offense, and that was the cardiac kids. And then there was another time where the Browns were doing well, and it was a heavy focus on the defense, and that was the dog pound. So it appears to me right now that you, you don't feel that the dog pound is doing its thing, or the cardiac kids are doing their thing. It's just a matter of on game day, we don't know who's gonna you know get us through the game in this particular situation. So so so, what do you think the Browns have to focus on? you know, to get themselves, particularly through this, you know, next game, but even through the season, is it a better running game or is it, you know, the fact that the defense is going to have to just do this because yeah, Kwame has always said you got to have that running game. And we know you already sent somebody, you know, down the road to Indianapolis. So uh, although McGahee didn't look bad, McGahee didn't look bad in there. They felt, um, they felt that they can get rid of uh, uh, Trent Richardson. Uh, McGahey comes in and he did his job. But McGahey wasn't even, he was out there, but McGahey had some options. Yeah, he had some options. So the Browns weren't really sure that they were going to get, that's what I was a little concerned about. But that's, that trade has to do with a lot next year. They're looking for a quarterback. Uh, Hoyer's done. He's ACL. His knee is done. They have uh, Brandon Wheaton, who uh, they're not 100% with this guy because they want to make the moves that they're making. Uh, but you look at it with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns can easily, and don't blink your eye and be surprised that you didn't see it, that they can win the NFC North. 
Oh, they can. They, they can win right. the NFC North. But don't be. But look what they have: offensive, defensive coordinators. Look at the two coordinators. You have talking about two head coaches who are at their best when they are coordinating instead of head instead coaches. of head coaching. They don't have to put their hands on everything. But they got two uh, great coordinators and got this team playing in the right direction and going in the right direction. When you let go of Trent Richardson, you got those players on alert. Man, this could happen to anybody. This is our first round that they put right. money into. Let's let's focus up, win some football games. Let me build my stock up in case worst case scenario happens. Then some team, other team will want me, and it won't be a long drawn out process. Yeah, that 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 was a statement. That was a statement. Listen, mm-hmm. we, I'm gonna make a statement right now. We got music in the back. I got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Net work. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got Chef Julian and my man Kwame Lasseter with us and we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian. Our Hall of Fame city is on the line with us as well as my man ain't nothing safe about it at all. Uh, Kwame Lasseter is joining me here in the studio. And uh, let, let me just let me shift gears a little bit because we, we got a couple things that I need to make sure that we cover. Um, I, I want to talk, if you will, about Tony Romo. And, and I, I just I want to say this for the simple reason that there are people out there uh, who have had comments about Tony's performance and how great it was. Uh, and not just good, great, an excellent performance. Uh, but don't realize, I guess, that the most important thing is to win the ball game. And, and what you do up until that point 
This is this is not, you know, one of those things. We throw them little things and horseshoe, whatever. This is you can't come come close. Does not get it done. The bottom line is it's about winning, and it, you can only get a W or an L. When it's all said and done, don't care how pretty it was. Uh, it's just winning, and so Chef Julian, the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo plays a good game. I'm not going to say it's a great game because when it's all said and done, when you need your money man to show up, he's throwing an interception. Could Tony Romo be your quarterback? Hell no. Uh, no. No, he can't. Because when you look at the – if you look at the numbers, his win probability – the win probability before he threw the interception was 48%. Be- after he threw the interception, it dropped to 22%. And that, and on record, that is only his third most costly interception ever. And he has two more that were more costly. So when you think about those numbers, you can't really ever, like, trust Tony Romo in the clutch because Peyton Manning has never thrown an interception during a tight game in the fourth quarter. Since Tony Romo came into the game, he's thrown five. And I think I, what you said, that, that, that's an excellent point to be made because, you know, Matty Ice is Matty Ice because of what he's done when he comes into the game in the fourth quarter with the game is on the line and the ball is in his hands. He's won. The mistake they made last night is obviously leaving some time on the clock. But, Kwame, I'm, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you, you know, hey, again, the bottom line, at least for me, it's, it's about winning. And, and to know when you step on the sidelines – and you, the defense in particular, when we do our thing and we turn the ball over to our quarterback, we want to go to the sidelines sitting down and, and st- now start watching the game because we know we're about to win. There are plenty of times you walked off the field defensively after holding it down or, or offense turned it over and you get the ball right back. You didn't just go to the sideline. You went to the sideline looking at the offense, not saying a word, but non-verbally saying, y'all better get it done. Keep us off the field. Tony Romo is not without talent. He's, he's, he's a great talent. Mentally, something's not right because when you play at a high level, this is one of his best games ever. When you play at that high level that he played in against the, against the Denver Broncos at home, as a fan and, and, a guy, and, and a person who has the knowledge of the game and watches the game, know the ins and outs, you're not rooting for Tony Romo anymore. You, you're trying to figure out when he's going to make that mistake that's going to cost him the game that he's always done. And I think that's in Tony Romo's head. When am I going to cost this team the game? Because the interception he threw at the end of the ball game was ill-advised. He shouldn't have to take – I'll take the sack and live to fight another down. He's throwing that ball as they're dragging him down, which you put no more velocity on the football once those things take place. He throws an interception. That's the ball game. You were already down. You got the ball, got, ball back with a chance to go down the field and tie it up against Peyton Manning who – you cannot leave any time on the clock, as you mentioned, to, to make something happen. Tony Romo is not without talent. I think Tony Romo has to give a mental block in his head. And that mental block is costing him. I think in, in Dallas, the only, it's probably a handful of Tony Romo fans uh, publicly. Uh, but I think Jerry Jones is the only one that believes in him. That's why he wants that contract. I don't even think the uh, head coach wants him at the quarterback. Yeah. And you can say that vice versa. I don't think he wants the head coach. As his um, head coach, I, I think it's almost it's almost like in basketball. The the closest comparison I can make is to basketball, and that is if it's basketball 
and and the game is on the line and Kobe Bryant steps up to the foul line to shoot a foul shot, you're feeling good. But for football, that, that Kobe Bryant is the quarterback. And, and if that quarterback is Tony Romo and he's got the ball, you're feeling like he's going to miss what would be a foul shot in basketball. Right. Even if your best player is the receiver or the running back, the quarterback has to touch the ball first. The quarterback has to touch it. And the thing about it is, you know, I don't want to hear an excuse about, well, the line, you know, didn't block for him and he couldn't follow all the way through. Well, then take the sack. Take the sack. If you can't follow all the way through, take the sack. And not only that, another thing you have to understand is, you know, I don't want to hear that the defensive player made a great play because you're supposed to, they're great players. They're supposed to make great plays. Right. So it shouldn't surprise you that the defensive player made a great play and intercepted the pass. No, that just simply means that you didn't throw a great pass. See, I go back and forth with, is that a clutch play or is that just a great play? And, and you can argue on both sides. It's a great play. I prepared for this game. I just made a great play. I, I'm, I, I like to think that I'm clutch all four quarters, like I'm doing my job. My job didn't. I didn't stop doing my job in the fourth quarter. I didn't stop doing my. I didn't do my not do my job in the first quarter, and all of a sudden I'm doing it in the fourth quarter. So that made me a clutch player. I'm doing my job for four quarters. Tony Romo has to know when a sack is important and when it's not. And I, and I think that is the problem when Tony leaves the sideline. I don't care. You know, I used to do it when I was in college to Art Sleaser. Every time he left the sideline, when we would walk past each other, I, without a doubt, every single time, I would tell him when he was going to the game, Art, don't be afraid to throw it away. Throw the ball away. Throw the ball. Don't be hero. Just throw the ball away. And I think that Tony needs somebody to constantly be reminding him in his ear, it's okay. Tony, throw the ball away. Take the sack. Yeah. We live for another play because if, if you – if you don't take the sack, or if you fumble, or if you throw an interception, we're going to lose this game. Right, but it's in his head that I'm the franchise player, I'm the face of this team, i got to make it happen, or it's going to come down on me. Well, it's going to come down on you, too. He's got Des Bryant on the other end. I'm going to throw it up, worst case scenario. But I'm not, I know when a sack is important, I know when throwing a ball away, uh, Chef Julian, I know when throwing a ball away is important. And, I, and so, Chef Julian, you already told us that, that Tony Romo could not be your quarterback. You back there, you're obviously a Cleveland Browns fan this week. Uh, <laughs> you, you, so you stuck with a quarterback because, you know, a couple other quarterbacks have been injured. How you feeling about your quarterback back there in Cleveland? Brandon Leighton, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so great about Brandon Leighton because he thinks too much. He's in the pocket and he thinks too much. He's thinking – Maybe I should check down. No, no, no. We got a wide open receiver right there. Next thing you know, he's waiting too long to throw the ball, and then he's getting sacked. And he takes, he puts too much thought into it. Next thing you know, he's doing more of that, more and more through the game, and then he's throwing interceptions. So yeah, when I don't want him as our quarterback, I think we should use one of our first round draft picks. Maybe get Teddy Bridgewater or uh, AJ McCarron. Maybe somebody like that, but not Johnny Manziel. Well, that, that's exactly what they're going to do. I, I think the whole Trent Richardson deal was to get a quarterback for next year because they got a first-round pick. They got draft picks. They got one from Indianapolis. That, that getting rid of Trent Richardson and, and still having somewhat of a running game was to get one of those guys, uh, Murray or A.J. Uh, McCarron, uh, Murray, who's in Georgia, over at Georgia, you got a guy over in Clemson, I believe, who's playing pretty good football. That was the purpose, the entire purpose, in my opinion, that the Cleveland got rid of that quarterback, that running back, uh, their first round pick, and now they can move forward because they not. I don't think they solidify 
his confidence level as as far as what Breeden and um, bring it to the table. Well, you know, Chef Julian, you know, it could be worse. You could have Tony Romo, but you, you don't have Tony Romo. <laughs> they <laughs> so, might end up getting him because uh, so, if he stays in Dallas, I don't know what's so, going to happen. Okay, so coming up, uh, Chef Julian, I'm going to give you a chance. Uh, tell me, who are you looking for this week? What game is a game that stands out to you that you got on the radar that you want to make sure you, either you DVR or you tune in to it? Um, the Cowboys versus the Redskins is one of them. I want to see if RG3 can... Uh, at least bump the Cowboys down and give us a little room to maybe get first place in the po- <laughs> in the standings for the division. Wouldn't they be tied with first place with uh, Philadelphia? Oh uh, yeah, they're they're tied. They're tied right now, but okay. I don't like ties. I don't <laughs> like ties. Yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, Kwame, what, what, which game you think is going to be the best game this week, or one you looking forward to? I gotta find. Let me see the schedule. Let me. I'll tell you right now. Well, uh, your 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 Cardinals are playing the Forty Niners. I'm not looking forward to that game. Let me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me. Now, 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 wait. Are you really telling me that you're not looking forward to a game of which you know you have a chance to to some bragging rights over the Forty Niners? I I tell you. I tell you this about the Cardinals. The Cardinals need to do a f- few things. The Forty Niners. That's always a great rivalry. That's always a great battle when they play each other. And I always root for the Cardinals. I always look for them to win. Uh, but when you can beat a team like the 49ers, when you can beat a team like who I think is the best Seattle Seahawks in that division because of their defense, because of Russell Wilson and what he's doing uh, offensively and the running game that they do have. I don't think their receivers that dynamic. I like the Cardinals, but the Cardinals' offensive line kind of keeps me from saying, this is the team to beat that team. Yeah, the, the Cardinals offensive line has always been a problem since I've been here. Even yeah. when, when they went to the Super Bowl, I, I still thought it was a little suspect. But I'm going to tell you, I, I think a good game, uh, perhaps maybe, uh, the Saints and the Patriots, you know, because I, I think that... Uh, that's a good game. Yeah. I, I, would, I would be more inclined to watch that yeah, game. Yeah, I think that's a good game. I do think that, you know, it's going to be... The, the thing that's good for the Patriots is all their games have been close. Even though they, they, they just lost... Their games have been close, so they're used to playing a close game. I don't think the Saints are going to blow them out, but I think the Saints might win that one. I I, I know the Saints going to win that one. And their game's been close because they've been playing Buccaneers. They've been playing. But Tom just lost a game, didn't he? They just lost two. Tom, when's the last time Tom lost two games in a row? It would be coming up uh, <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> would you agree with that, Chef Julie? You think Tom Brady's going to lose two games in a row? They're playing the Saints, right? That's right. Definitely. Now you don't think so? Yes, I uh, I don't I don't have him beating that defense. That defense is too nice with uh, Rob Ryan as their uh, defensive coordinator. He's going to shut down Tom Brady. That's that's the difference. Uh, the Saints wasn't bad last year. I think the Saints were what were they eight and eight or, well, you know, or seven but, and nine? But they you know, with everything that was going on with all the coach being right, gone and right. all that, you know, bounding, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad team defensively. They wasn't on top of their game. But when you brought in uh, Rob Ryan. That changed the whole mentality. They still have some things they can work on in that defense because they're still learning, but that defense is playing a lot better. And Drew Brees and that offense has been the same all the time. That defense just didn't allow them to uh, win a lot of games because they could have easily been. I thought last year the Saints could have been 10-6, and worst-case scenario. They were 7-9, and nine, if I'm not mistaken, last year. They didn't make the playoffs. So they, exactly. So their offense has been up to par. But when you got a defense that can balance it up, now you can win those games. Now that's why you're sitting five and zero, and you're playing the the um, Patriots, New England Patriots, with, on the road in New England, which I think you still win that game. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I think there's a, another game out there that that Chef Julian probably is going to be a little bit excited about because it's going to a Buckeyes at quarterback. 
and we're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders. I, I think that's a, a nice game because, again, prior, you know, Terrell's playing very good, but the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Andy Reid, Man, this this is just a phenomenal season for him. Obviously, he's proven he's a good coach. He's coming in with some of the same talent they had before. But, you know, I think Andy, a ch- it was a change for Andy, which was good for him. And, and I, I, man, this game here, I don't know if the Raiders could, could beat the Chiefs. The, radio, the Raiders are looking good. Uh, Terrell, Terrell Pryor. Better than he's ever looked in his life. He's making me... I'm not a fan because I never could be a fan of the Raiders, but he's making me pay attention to the Raiders. Uh, but Terrell Pryor, some more experience next year, he'd be okay. He'd be that guy that you can put all over the stadium. What well, Terrell has done, you know, no I think game. they've done something to improve. Yeah, well, they got the rid of Matt game. Flynn too. Where, yeah. where, 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 where's Matt Flynn going after this? Well, his career probably is over with. Well, fourteen know? million in his yeah, pocket. In his pocket, and he didn't fourteen play. million. Yeah, but Terrell, I think Terrell, Terrell has improved two things. He runs fearlessly now. I, mm-hmm. I used to think when he ran, when he was in college, he was scared that somebody was going to hit him. He runs with, with no fear. And, and also now he has the confidence in his throwing ability. He, he doesn't hesitate. He's got some zip that he hasn't had before on Not his pass. Not like Geno Smith, who I think throws with uh, uh, hesitant. I think he hesitated with his passes. Well, we didn't really get a chance to talk about Geno, but one thing I will say is I think the man you know, demonstrated last night a tremendous amount of confidence he throughout the up. entire game. He, he did grow up, mm-hmm. and, and he grew up on national TV. I think it was an historical uh, time of maturity for him because I don't think anybody else has done some of the things that he did on Monday Night Football. And and I watched uh, this guy in college at West Virginia. Are you happy for Rex? I am. I like Rex. Rex was one of my – and I'm biased too. Rex was one of my coaches. He come from a family that I appreciate. Um, But I'm happy for Rex. I know you got (laughs) – you got your – yeah, hey, issues with no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, see, I know Rex from back in the day. I'm happy for Rex because the nonsense at the beginning of the season uh, with the uh, quarterback situation, and he, he the head coach. They have two head coaches because they try to bring that guy in to take Rex's job. Wow. Well, we got to go. We got music in the back. <laughs> I, I've had a great show, a great time. Had my friend in, in the studio with me, Kwame Laster. Never got a chance to play with him on the field, but we hanging out, playing in the studio, and we having a ball. Chef Julian, the Hall of Fame city, call whenever you want to, man. Make sure them Buckeyes and them Browns keep winning I hate to say it, but I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.